tell you what, it's been amazing these last couple of weeks. We've been doing this amazing series, The Surround Sounds of Christmas. Oh, before we get into that, I really encourage you, if you want to come along to our combined Pukete Churches church service tonight at 6 o'clock, right? We've got to come up with a better name, the Combined Pukete Churches Combined Service, Christmas Service. So we're going to have Methodists, people from the Methodist Church here, Anglicans are going to come along. Um, we're going to have some Nazarenes. Uh, and honestly, it'll be, really, be really good to have some Elamites there as well. It'll be really good, considering we're hosting it. So, <laughs> but it's going to be a fantastic time. The, the pastor, um, I'm not sure if you call them pastors there, or maybe minister, the reverend, the vicar, I don't know, from the All Saints Church, they're going to be bringing the word today, and uh, Paul is going to lead the worship with our Ngaruakia campus band. Okay, so we've, we've had the amazing Jordan, he's one of the Dornan boys, we're going to have the rest of the Dornan boys on the stage from the Ngaruakia team, that's going to be fantastic, I'm excited uh, to see that. So that's tonight, 6 o'clock, so come along, it'll be fantastic. Well, with the surround sounds of Christmas. This, the whole series is really about all the, all the stories leading around the birth of Jesus, the Christmas stories. And some of these stories are, are some things that we, won't even, we don't even notice that it is part of the Christmas story, but they're all kind of connected when we begin to connect all the pieces together. Because when we think about the Christmas season, it's kind of like the season of giving, right? We love to give. Anybody love giving? How many people love receiving? Some have the gift of giving, others have the gift of receiving. Uh, just kidding. Anyway, anyway let's, let's move on. And, um, and so people love, we love to give, right? But, but you know what? There's also, we have pressures of giving as well. Because for a lot of families out there, they want to bless their children. They want to give their kids presents. And, the, and so they try all they can to give their kids good presents. And so quite often what happens, I know by experience, is that they, they give up their food or they give up other things so just so they, they can... They can bless the kids because they love their kids and they struggle. And if you're new here, if this is your first time here, welcome along. Last week, we, we had an, a massive initiative called the Christmas Boxes. These boxes are full of amazing groceries that go to families. And we've partnered with this amazing church up in Auckland. I'm using the word amazing a lot because it's pretty amazing. This amazing church up in Auckland called Life. Life is this, this, this great church that is doing some great things up in Auckland. And they've partnered with a whole bunch of churches throughout this whole country. And, you know, combined, we've, we've packed... 30,000 boxes for not just New Zealand, but across Australia, as well as to the Cook Islands. These Christmas boxes have gone out to the Cook Islands. And here in, here in Hamilton, we packed, our official number is 2007. That's official number. 2007 is how many Christmas boxes that we packed here full of uh, amazing um, groceries that will go out to bless families. Um, around. Now, I've got a couple of photos here. The first one I really want to show you, I'll just get my big head out of the way by stepping down here, is, uh, and here's me um, shaking hands. I'm the guy in the high-vis jack, in case you didn't know. <laughs> shaking. Um, that's a principal of the Pukete Primary School, um, Gavin Oliver, and he's picking up a whole bunch of Christmas boxes to bless um, some of the students at their schools. So we've partnered with a whole bunch of schools right around uh, the Waikato, uh, even with other organizations. So these boxes can really go to people in need. Um, and so it's been amazing. And, and in fact, uh, the next picture, we've got uh, the Ngaruahia Elam campus delivering um, boxes to Ngaruahia Primary School. And so there's one of the Dornan boys standing guard there. Um, so he's going to be um, on the base tonight, part of the combined churches. Tonight's going to be fantastic. Uh, and, and so the next picture is the school. They're opening it up and they're really blessed. And this is, this is what they sent us from Ngaruahia Primary School. This is on their Facebook page that they sent. Um, so very grateful for Elam Church Ngaruahia and the Koha of Christmas Boxes. We look forward to gifting these to some of our whānau on their behalf. And I've, we've had so many 
testimonies come in already, and these are just some that I want to share with you. We sent a whole bunch to Fairfield, Fairfield College, and, and if you want to go to the next slide, so these are, this is the team from Fairfield College, and they delivered a whole bunch to their students um, around Fairfield, and uh, here's, some of, here's some of their testimonies. testimonies. Hello from Fairfield College. We just want to say a massive thank you to you and your team for providing us with the opportunity to share the Christmas spirit within our community. The recipients of the boxes were also pleased and thankful. It was great to see the smiles on their faces. Once again, thank you so, so much for allowing us to be part of this wonderful opportunity. You know, it's so great that we can, commu- that we can partner with um, schools and with, with these organizations who are making a real difference in our neighborhood. And we gifted about 100 Christmas boxes to Fraser High School. And so Fraser High School, they, they, they sent in a whole bunch of testimonies by their teachers who had delivered uh, parcels, these Christmas boxes, to some of their students. So here's some of their testimonies. This is, what, this is what Fraser High School, the teachers, have said. What a privilege to drop the boxes off. The kids were blown away and couldn't believe it. It was very humbling for me to see the housing of some of our students. It made me realize that some of the difficulties our students face. Thank you for your church. Another teacher said this, each family was also informed of how much of a positive impact they had on all of us this year. Such lovely, lovely people we have in our community. And I'm so happy to have been able to help Elam Church make their Christmas a little less stress-free and happier knowing that they are appreciated. Another testimony, a family I've had lots of dealing with this year was very appreciative as the mum is currently undergoing chemotherapy for cancer and they have had not the best of years this year. We were there for ages chatting with them and, and, it's, and now it's a great opportunity for teachers now to connect with some of these families. And another teacher said this, one young lady's family, again, all crowded at the door. After she answered the door, after, the door, after she had answered the door, saw the boys and I and exclaimed, Oh my God. Okay, this is her words. And oh my God, you're awesome. Oh my God. And said that she, was to- she totally did not expect to see me turn up at her door. Very appreciative of the Christmas box and fell over themselves to wish us a Merry Christmas. What a gorgeous family. And this is one of many, many, many testimonies that are coming in. So if, you're, if you are looking, what a, look, this is an amazing, uh, gorgeous young couple. This, this photo was from somebody who had contacted our Elam page. And so we're able to bless this family as well. So if you're looking for a title for my message today, it is The Gift That Keeps On Giving. The Gift That Keeps On Giving. I mean, why does something so small as a little gift stir the hearts of people? And the reason why it stirs your heart when you hear these stories and, and, if you, and will stir your heart if you receive the gift is because you know that somebody is thinking of you, that you are not forgotten. Because so often the enemy of God wants to steal your joy. The enemy of God will do all that he can to make you feel that nobody cares about you, that nobody's thinking of you, that, that you are all alone. And that is a lie from the pits of hell. Because the truth is this, is that God has never stopped thinking of you, that his, his, his heart has always been towards you. Do you know when, when, when God talks to the angels, do you know the number one thing he talks about is you? He talks about you. He goes, oh, did you see, did you see um, Jennifer? Did you see uh, Tom? Did you see the way Bill did this? Did, did you see them? And the angels go, yes, God, we heard you say it a million times. But, you know, you, you are on God's mind all the time. He never stops 
thinking about you, that you are loved, that he loves you dearly, and that you are never forgotten, and the gift that God gives you never stops giving. Amen? That's why the Christmas story is so important. This is an important story for us to tell from generation to generation that God turned up in a body, in the form of a baby boy. It's such a big deal, the Christmas story, because something happened. That's why the Christmas story has been recorded, protected, copied, cherished. People died to make sure that it was passed from generation to generation. Christianity is not fragile because something happened. Something happened that changed the course of humanity 2,000 years ago. The Christmas story, the gift of Christmas. See, when we have a look of the life of Jesus, we have four accounts of his life found in the, in the Holy Bible within the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew and Luke, they actually give us the birth narrative, but when, when we come to Mark and John, they don't even talk about the birth narrative. In fact, John, on the other hand, doesn't even tell us, he doesn't tell us what happened, but John tells us why it happened. He tells us why Jesus came, and he says things like this that we find in John chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh, speaking of God, that the Word became flesh, and he made his dwelling amongst us. So when John began to pen his gospel account, when he began to pen the story of Jesus, he was very, very old, very late in his age, and he, as he wrote down his account, he had seen Jesus be crucified. He had peered into an empty tomb. He had seen the resurrected Jesus. He had seen the chaos that followed afterwards. He would have seen, he lived through the church being persecuted. He's seen the temple be destroyed and the world turn upside down. But he, as he began to pen his story, his first words in, in his book, he wanted to make sure that, that, that you didn't just go past it really fast. He wanted you to know that God turned up in a body. He turned up in, in case you, you, you miss it too fast. You go past it too fast. He begins to recall the story that God turned up in a body and he made his dwelling amongst us. That, G, that, that God camped with us. So when we come to Matthew's account, Matthew not only tells us what happens, but he tells us why it happened. So if you've if you got your Bibles, or you can have a look on the screen, we've got the verses on, on, the, on the screen for us. Why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 21. And the Bible says this, this is the birth of Jesus the Messiah, and this is how it came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. What a nice guy. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you, were, you are to give him the name, what's the name? Jesus. Now we need to understand something. When the angel came to Joseph and spoke to Joseph, I don't know if you know this, but the angel didn't speak to Joseph in English. If you know, I don't know if you know that or not. He didn't speak to him in English. In fact, um, the translation we have is, is, is English translated out of the Greek. But when the, when the angel spoke to, to Joseph, he would have used the Hebrew name. 
And, and Jesus is, is not the Hebrew name that he said. Jesus, in fact, is the Latin word, is a Latin translation of the Hebrew name that the angel had said. It's not even, it's not even the word Joshua, because Joshua is the Greek translation of the Hebrew name. It wasn't Joshua. There's no J in the Hebrew language. So when the angel said to what he, what he would have said, that the Hebrew name that he would have used was this. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Yeshua. Yeshua which means Jesus in Latin, which means Joshua in Greek. And when, in fact, in our translation, in our Old Testament, is, is the translation we get for Joshua. Yeshua also can be translated as Jesus, the Latin form. So you can imagine the angel coming, coming to Joseph and saying, you will call him Joshua. And he's thinking, oh, angel, I got it. I, 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 know, I know what he's supposed to do. If I am going to have a son and I am going to name him Joshua, then I know why he came because we know that a Savior is coming. We know that the Messiah is coming and that he will, he will come in the spirit of Joshua and the wisdom of Moses. He will be a military leader just like Joshua. And just like Joshua, he led the people into the promised land, vanquishing all of God's enemies. And then this Messiah, this Christ, who will come, who is coming, he will come and he will vanquish the Roman Empire out of our country and he will make Israel great again. This is why he came. This is, what, this, this is why you're, t- you're telling me to call him Joshua. And at this point, the angel's like, okay, uh, Joseph, you just jumped the gun there. The time, okay, hold, hold up, hold up. I'm not even finished. Let me finish, Joseph. So the angel continues on. He goes, she will give, you birth, she will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, Joshua, Yeshua. Because he will save his people from their sins. At which point Joseph is a bit confused. He's like, and he's like, what, to save us from our sins? And Joseph's like, that's not even, that's not even an issue. It's not even a pressing issue. Not even a pressing need. Um, Angel, I don't know if you know this, but self of here... We've got a sophisticated savior from your sin system. It's called the temple. It's called the law of Moses. We've got savior from your sins covered. I don't know if you know this because you've got to understand the people of that time, they had another agenda for the Messiah. The Messiah was to, was to come and save them from the Roman occupation. This is what the Messiah was going to do. Come, and, come just like King David. Come along and vanquish the enemies and make Israel great again. This was their agenda. But the angel, the angel came to Joseph and said, you will have a son and he will come in the spirit of Joshua, the deliverer, the savior, but he has come to save you, to save your people from the thing that you need saving from the most, your sin. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to save you from the thing that you need saving from the most. Not your bank account, not what's in the cupboard, not what you're going to wear today, not what anybody else thinks about you. But he came to save you from what you needed to be saved, saved from the most, your sins. This is why Jesus came. The gift of God to humanity. And the apostle Paul will put it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. You know, you've tried to save yourself by doing good things. If I, if I try to do some good things here, if I do, and you try it all you can, but you're kind of like putting spiritual band-aids over all the issues. 
And, and these band, what happens? These band-aids keep falling off, and you think, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Or maybe I shouldn't even try. Because you can't. Because the issue is not on the outside, it's on the inside. This is why you need a Savior. This is why Jesus came. And here's what you need to understand if you're not a Christian. Here's what you need to understand. We have four accounts of a carpenter for Nazareth. Why? Because something happened. Something happened almost 2,000 years ago. The fact that something happened and, and why it was recorded and why it was so precious and why it was copied and why people died to make sure that it came to our generation, that God came in a form of a baby because something happened. Something changed the course of humanity. Something turned the world, we thought upside down, but the right way up. So here we, but it will be John who would summarize why Jesus came. It will be him who will, who will summarize it best. John who looked after Mary, the mother of Jesus, after Jesus had died and resurrected. It will be John who would summarize why Jesus came the best. So here we have John many, many, many years later in his old age, and he's writing this account. And he's writing his account. Why? Because, he, because this story had to live on beyond him. Because something happened, and he begins to pen these words, and, and, and he begins to pen, pen this, this sentence, because he's, and he, as he summarized why Jesus came. And you know what's interesting? The, the words that he was about to pen, John had no idea that children and uh, adults all over the world would memorize this verse in languages not yet spoken, in nations not yet discovered. And as he began to summarize these words, he begins to write. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. And he begins to write these words. How does he summarize it? He summarizes it like this. For God so loved the world. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. This is the Christmas story. This is the Christmas story. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in, trusts in, puts their full weight in, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, I wonder as he pens this phrase, I wonder if he, if he thought to himself, I wonder if he thought to himself, would anybody do anything with these words? And what's funny, 2,000 years later, most of us know, know this verse off by heart. Even if you're not a Christian, you've heard of this verse. But you know what's really amazing? That's not the reason why we celebrate Christmas, because we memorize this verse and we stop there. But John didn't just stop there, he carried on. And it's the verse that follows, and you know what's the verse that follows? It's, you know what's the kicker about that? It's why we celebrate Christmas. And it's a verse that we don't even memorize. But the next verse is why we celebrate Christmas, in verse 17. And he continues on, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because the angels were, were right to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds, that God sent a savior into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. To save the world from our sin, from our shame, from our greatest regrets. That's why Jesus came. That's why you need a Savior. That's why you need the gift of God. The gift that keeps on 
giving. You know, I want to end this message with more testimonies. Because as the testimonies started to come in, I was, I was very touched by these, these testimonies. About the testimonies of people receiving Christmas boxes full of groceries. And in fact, two days ago, somebody messaged me privately to my personal Facebook page. They must have saw my bald head somewhere on our Elam page, and they decided to message me personally. And this is what they said. Thank you so much. A lot of stress has been lifted off my shoulders. Thank you again. With having five children and one with a disability, things can get quite challenging. But every day with my babies is another to look forward to. So thank you so much from me and my children. When, I was reading, when she was telling me her story, she's a solo mom. And uh, it was funny because she lives on the street that we used to live on, on Elliott Street, which is off Shakespeare in that area. And I was thinking, wow, we used to live on that street. And here she is, she's, she's think, and now she sends this message using Facebook, saying thank you, thank you, thank you from her children, from her, for the way that you give. Fraser High School, I want to read some more of the, 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 the teacher's testimonies. This is for one of the teachers. One family was very appreciative, the entire family, well, those who were at home anyway, numbering about eight people, all came to the door. They all smiled when the boys and I greeted them with malo lele, and they responded in the kind. A lovely, lovely family whom I've had, the, had a great pleasure of positive contact with during the year. They wished us a very Merry Christmas. As we were leaving, we could hear how happy they were. Such, <clears throat> such a nice family. Such a nice family. Such a nice feeling to be giving. And here's another testimony. Another family were a little worse for the wear and still asleep when we knocked. They've been under a lot of pressure this year with many challenges to their home status and threats to their security at times. They were very welcoming, however, and the looks on their faces were priceless. Not quite being able to take it in. <clears throat> Sorry. This box will relieve a lot of financial pressure that they are currently under. I'll tell you what, when I'm, when I'm reading these testimonies, it does touch my heart. I hope it touches yours too. Because when we're packing these boxes, when you ca- if you were here Saturday packing these boxes, it was, we were like a wow-oiled machine. Seriously, 2,000 boxes in four hours, 500 boxes an hour. But sometimes we can get a bit disconnected from the box. It's just another box. Just, just another pack of Milo I'm putting in there. Another pack of flour. Just another, another pack of jam. Or pack of jam. Jar of jam. Jar of, jar of jam. Not jar of jam. I'm jam, I'm sure. You're lovely too. But when we get these testimonies coming and we hear the stories, this is why we do what we do. This last story I'm hoping I can get through this this is from a teacher from Fraser that we know quite well uh, he um, heads up the Pacifica program at Fraser High School we've had a lot of dealings with him in the past he's taught our children um, his name is Mr. Silata. C- uh, he writes this thank you for the wonderful opportunity to minister oh my goodness it's just the first line I'm trying to get through this come on Lord help me come Lord Jesus 
Thank you for the wonderful opportunity to minister to our students and families. One family in particular I visited was just about to finish their fast as they had been fasting for their family back home in Samoa. Puru, can I get you up here? <laughs> this is very, uh, this one reason why this is very hard for me because, because this last one just reminds me of me growing up. Oh, I, I, what did I say? Which Grant? I told you Grant I wasn't going to do this, but I did. You were right. Okay, here we go. Where am I up to? Just as they were about to kneel in prayer, oh, sorry, for they had been fasting for their family back in Salmore, which had been very sick with measles. Just as they were about to kneel in prayer, I knocked on the door and I was invited to pray with them. Afterwards, I shared with them that the Christmas box was a mealofa, a gift from Elam Church, delivered by Fraser High School. The whole family were in tears and they were very grateful. In their three bedroom home, they had a total of 12 people staying with them. We couldn't all fit in the living room, but the wide door was very strong and humbling. This is why we do what we do. And this is why we lead this amazing church, because of the way that you give every single one of you, that we're able to bless our community, to show the love of Jesus. You know, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe. Repent means turn away from your sins. It means obey and follow Him and follow the Master. This is why we do what we do because Jesus changes lives. Amen. I'm going to need a tissue for my issue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Can we give my wife a hand? She's amazing. You wipe my nose too? I no, just get. Oh my goodness. I, uh, this is why we do what we do. See, Jesus has made a difference in my life. He's made a difference in, in most of you. Just about everybody, everybody Jesus is in contact with, He will make a difference. He will be that difference that you need. See, the gifts that we give, the gifts that we give, the good and they give hope. But it is our ultimate prayer and hope that these gifts point people to the greatest gift giver, the ultimate gift giver, our Savior, our Lord, the ultimate gift, which is Jesus. We can never outgive God. He loves you. He loves you. It's the gift that keeps on giving.